What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Everybody, welcome back to our podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uriah here. We're recording directly after the Sixers blowout win over the Orlando Magic. Before we get into the Magic game, we're going to talk about the MLK Day game against the Wizards. Chris, do you want to go ahead and take that away? Uh, sure. Why not? Um, so, the Wizards game was on the back of a very successful trip against Miami and Boston. You know, I think a lot of Sixer fans were pretty hyped up about the direction the team was heading. So, of course, they they had to lose that game. Um, Joel had 32. It was really not for a lack of effort on his part. 18 from Tyrese Maxey in that game. But on the end of the other end of the floor, you know, you got Thomas Bryant coming back, scoring 15 in 15 minutes. You got Kyle Kuzma with one of the best dunks of the season, unfortunately, on Joel. Um, a pretty balanced effort from Washington, Lucas, 18 from Montrezl Harrell, who led them in scoring. What were some of your big takeaways from that game? Uh, well, let's just – we'll talk about the Wizards here for in a second. So let me cover the Sixer side of this. Um, besides Joel Maxey, this was a flat game for everybody. Curry only had eight points. Quiet Tobias game, only 25 points uh, – 25 minutes and seven points on pretty horrendous shooting yet again. Um, if you're – Third best scorers are Isaiah Joe and tied tied with Seth Curry for eight points. You're not going to win. It's that simple. You know what? Trade then, Tobias. You, you know what? You mentioned that. You mentioned that. Listen, Uriah. let me tell you why. It has nothing to do with him as a person or even a leader on this team. I did a parlay tonight where Tobias, I had, it was eight and a half over on rebounds. And this guy couldn't get five rebounds. Come on, Tobias. You costed me money out here. Trade him. He's gone. He's gone. He's well, gone. I know it's not on our agenda, but we, we talked about it briefly with um, Zach from last week, the site expert of the Royal Pain, how you know the Sacramento Kings might be interested in getting Tobias. That has been confirmed as of today, I believe. And Chris, Depending you wrote- on who you read. Because there are like 13 different angles from 13 different. Yeah, parties. if you read Shams, so, um, Shams is like nah, but if you read, yeah, dynamic. smoke screens. <laughs> I, I don't know who's saying what, but I, I, you know what? I could see why they would want to pair Tobias and Ben because they're a pretty good combo together. They make sense on the court. And yeah, so I could see why that would make sense for Sacramento, but who knows? Anyway, but um, sorry about that. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I, I get it. Losing money. That's upsetting. That's not even the part that really upsets you, huh? Yeah, I, he, I will... is he seemed all right. I know we're talking about the Washington game, but real quick tonight, he just looked. I mean, he did have some some nice shots, but he just seemed disinterested in his game. I wonder if all this trade talk is affecting his ego. Well, I mean, he, he does have a bum shoulder right now, too, with the. Uh... Uh... Yeah. You know, you got to think about that. I will say this. Um, one positive note, you got some rebounding from outside of the big men in this game, and you got nine rebounds from Charlie Brown Jr. That's 
something the Sixers need more rebounds from outside of Joel and Drummond. So Can we stop with the Charlie Brown stuff? Oh, I'm all, uh, there's never going to be a stop. Lucas, Charlie Brown I know is that's my your guy. guy. I know He's that's my your guy. guy. He's my guy. I don't see it. He, it was, wait, I'm in the wrong game. I'm sorry. Why did we start with the Washington game? All right, let me I I I done goofed. I, I, I know we had it, the Orlando game, but I had the Washington. I clicked on the Washington game on my uh, computer for some reason, so I just rolled with it. Mm-hmm. See what you're working with? Uh, Lucas is messing everything up, man. Now we got to start all over again. No, we're not starting. <laughs> no, we're I, I, I will always be a Charlie Brown apologist and enthusiast, and there's nothing you guys can do about that. Well, that's good for you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, pretty good maxi game. Joel continues to be just better than everyone else, which is nice. Um, you know, Washington isn't really the greatest team in the world right now. Again, they didn't have a single person reach 20 in this game, though they did have quite a few double-digit scorers. Um, they had seven. Seven double-digit scores. Yeah, so Bradley Beal not having his best year by any stretch. Dinwiddie's been pretty rough um, so far this season. but Recovering from ACL surgery, it's understandable. They're right around 500, Lucas. Do you think this Wizards team is better than they were last season with Russell Westbrook? And do you see any version of this Washington team that could compete with Philly in a playoff series right now? Do I see this team being able to compete with Philly in a playoff series? The short answer is no, because their big man can't do anything against Joel. I mean, their starting center, Daniel Gafford, had four fouls in eight minutes of the game, and that's that was that was it for him. Thomas Bryant is more of an offensive threat than defensive, though he's solid defensively. He's not going to stop Joel. And Montrez Harrell is literally one of the worst matchups you can put up against Joel at the center spot. So they can't stop Joel. Beal and Dinwiddie aren't going to be able to. I mean, Beal can, but like Dinwiddie's not going to be able to. KCP's not going to be able to. Kyle Kuzma might be a. I don't know. I feel like we're starting to see Kuzma break out in certain games. I, I want to see more consistently before I like annoy him to be like a legit, like more than just role player, like on a, you know, not like Tobias Harris, but on that Tobias Harris, like more than a role player, but not an all-star type of player. Um, I don't know if we're there yet with Kuz. Um, I, so yeah, I, I think they're better cause they're deeper. Gosh, they're so deep. They're so, especially in the front court, man, they're three deep at each, uh, power forward and center position, small forward, kind of iffy, but like you deal with it. You got to figure that out. But like, honestly, if I was, if, if I was Washington, I'd be, if, if you're trying to keep Beal, I'd be buyers at the trade deadline. I tried to, I tried to cash in some of these you know, some of this depth for a legitimate, like, third, uh, second or third option on offense. That's yeah. just me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, they, they still kind of feel stuck in, like, no man's land where they're they do. just yeah. not quite good enough to do anything real. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, you said they're deep. Denny Avdia didn't play outside of garbage time, which is ridiculous. I, that's probably He's a good defender. He's, He's a good defender. Shoot. I, I love Rui Hachimura, but Denny's better. But anyways. Well, they're, um, they're trying to get Rui back into the rotation because he's only came back for like five or six games so far this season. I get it. But Wait, Chris, who is better than Rui? Denny Avdia. 
Yeah. He's a better defender. Uh, offensively, I, I give it to Rui, but like. Mm. So who would they... you rather have in the playoff series? Ooh, ooh. Between Avdia and Rui, yeah, who like yeah. can't guard a traffic cone? Avdia. Yeah, but well, Rui had a nice series against the Sixers last year. He was he probably did. their second yeah, best player. He's like, he's fine. I'm not like trying, but Avdia is a good player. Okay, outside of defense, can he score like Rui? He, he's okay. pretty well rounded. I honestly have no idea who you're he's, talking about. Uh, he he <laughs> so. was he was uh, drafted nine, ninth overall in what 2020 or 19, Chris. It was 20 or 19. Let me shut up. I have no idea who that is. I just know Rui almost smoked he's, his he's, last he, year in the playoffs. He was a uh, he's an Israeli transplant. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you guys the credit. Um, but yeah, no, I like their center depth. They have great center depth, and. <laughs> I mean, um, which really is like really not where you need depth nowadays. But so Washington's, yeah, I, they're not yeah. beating the Sixers if Joel's no. healthy. Um, this was a really bad Tobias game. It's been kind of sandwiched between a few pretty good Tobias games. So we'll talk about the Orlando game. Like he, you know, he was pretty good against Orlando. Not perfect, but yeah, seven points, six fouls, three of eleven from the field, twenty-five minutes. Not what you want. From yeah. your number two player, um, who's making thirty six million, so not the best. And I'll, I'll go ahead and take this one. Sixers won one twenty three to one ten. Second time in his career that Joel Embiid scored fifty points. Tobias Harris had twenty one. Maxi had fourteen, and George's Niang had ten. First time uh, Charlie Brown Jr. got a start. Um, had three points in 17 minutes, so that was good for him. Um, Chris, what are your some some of your takeaways from this game? Yeah, well, I I really want to start with what Charles Bassey did in garbage time. What? Um, Wait, no. what? Yeah, Joel <laughs> Embiid had 50 points in 27 minutes and three seconds, which is I I don't care who it's against. I mean, Orlando. If anything, they can defend the front court pretty well, so it's not even like a particularly easy matchup. You got Robin Lopez, Mo Bamba. They they have some size even with Wendell Carter out. So Joel Embiid continues to put himself pretty firmly in the MVP conversation. Um, we talked about it a little bit before we got on air. I'm kind of at the point where it's like Embiid and Jokic are just playing better than everyone else again, and that's I feel like they are really should be the two people in the conversation for MVP right now. Giannis is up there. I would put Giannis Steph. third, but he's not far behind either. Yeah, and uh, like I understand Steph and the Warriors, you know, Chris Paul, Steph, whoever, but yeah. I, I feel like it's Jokic and Embiid right now. Um, yeah, like 50 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks, 27 minutes. Only two turnovers, by Only the way. Only two turnovers. Just got everything he wanted any which way. Went to the line 17 times. Pretty remarkable effort from him. Um, the rest of the guys, Tobias showed up. Not many other people did. Uh, Maxi continues to really not be utilized as well as he should. It's but he's still being efficient. Yeah, no, being I efficient. mean, he's playing well. That's a Doc Rivers thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not even like a terrible effort from the rest of his team. It's just that Joel doesn't have a lot of help right now. Um, most guys played okay. Furkan and Yang all had their moments, but uh, Joel had 50, and 
without Joel playing that well, Sixers probably would have lost this game because for the first three quarters, Orlando was right in it. They were ahead at times. They were up by 10 at halftime, I believe. So part of that was for some reason, nobody wanted to guard um, Mo Bamba at the three point line. And Mo Bamba was like, let me get, let me just uh, channel my inner Steph Curry here for a for half. Yeah. So like, obviously Mo Bamba's probably never going to shoot this well again. So that's part of it. But, uh, I, I mean, some of that's on Doc, too, for not changing the defense up. But anyways, Sixers were pretty lousy for that first half outside of Joel. Mm-hmm. They sort of stepped it up in the third quarter where Joel had 23 of their 47 points still. But, uh, yeah, Joel Embiid, really good player. That's pretty much the, t- the takeaway here. Okay, I'd be now I Chris, before I chime in, I'm going to let Uriah's section go where, you know, Uriah doesn't like to have fun. Go ahead. Be have your old man grumpy moment here, Uriah. Wait, what are you talking about? What what grumpy moment? I had it already. Trade no, 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 to, no, trade no. to bias? The, the, no, 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 no. shouldn't be playing in the fourth quarter thing. Yeah. Oh. Look, everybody. <laughs> let's be real. That's what Lucas likes to say. Let's be real, guys. It I don't Joel Embiid has already had a fifty piece, right? Against Atlanta yeah. last year. Yeah. So what is the point of putting him back in the game? In the middle of January against the Orlando Magic, where you could risk him getting hurt. I don't see the point of it. I'm sure he would have been perfectly fine sitting out the rest of the quarter. Maybe I'm old school. I am the oldest of this podcast. But, yeah, that's where I stand, and and I'll stick with it. Nah, nah, it was okay. It was okay. If Joel didn't want to come back in, he wouldn't have come back in. No, he wanted to get that 50. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, if it was any other player that wasn't Joel Embiid, we'd be like, yes, put him back in and get 50. There wouldn't be any hesitation. I I get that it's Joel, and you have to treat it differently, but he played 27 total minutes still. It's it's not like he was under a heavy minutes load already. Um, I I mean, it's fun to get 50. It's it's fun to get 50 against the Orlando Magic in January. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, guys, why that's not? So amazing. Uh, you know, let, let's let's be real. If he had to play that fourth quarter, he probably would have gotten at least 60. If they if they were not up as much as they were in the, by the end of the third, he would have had to play the fourth quarter, and he could have probably gotten 60. And both of you guys would have been first to jump on the bandwagon. If he gotten hurt, we'd be on this podcast right now, and you guys have been on my side saying, why did Doc play him? He should have just let him sit. Okay. Guaranteed you. But, but, but do you remember how, how mad? With but you're right. Do you remember how mad all of us were when Doc didn't put him back in in the fourth quarter against the Boston Celtics so that he could get 30 to continue that streak? Uh Okay, I, that, that, I, that, that's that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm no fun. I'm no fun. You guys okay. are all fun. It's I'm Mr. Okay. Serious. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, the first step to fixing a problem is admitting it. Um, but going back to Chris's point about the MVP race, yeah. Oh, I was late you. on that drum roll. Yeah, very, very late. Anyway, um, but no, I I agree with Chris. I think the MVP race right now. Is I, I, I'm not going to say who's at the top, but I'm just going to give you the top three in my opinion because Katie's out, going to be out for a long period of time. So Katie's out of the race, as far as I'm concerned. Steph Curry has tapered off after a hot start. And honestly, now that Clay's back, he doesn't have to do as much. Mm. And then 
So then you really just got Giannis, who's still playing out of his mind and doing even more than he did during those MVP seasons because now he's playing center half the time. You got Joel, who after a slow start, and we can attribute that slow start to injury because that first game he banged knees and then COVID took him out for a couple games too. And then you come back, and he picked it up pretty quick after that. Maybe he had like three or four games where he had to get reacclimated, but then he was he's been hot ever since. And then you got Jokic, who has dealt with so many injuries on his team, and is carrying them. And you know they're around five hundred, and that's probably the biggest knock against him, honestly. Joel and Giannis are carrying their teams to being a top team in the East in a. Tougher Eastern Conference than Western Conference, too. I want to put that out there as well. Um, so, yeah, um, those would be my top three right now. I think it's fair to say that Joel Embiid has made his case for being a top three MVP candidate this season, as long as he stays healthy. Knock on wood. Yeah. It, it's Joel and Jokic in whatever order. I'm not going to pick one because – it's too early, and people would get mad, and I don't want to deal with it. So, well, we already know who you would probably choose right now. No, I mean, I, it's it's pretty much neck and neck. I I don't, so it's not worth mm-hmm. thinking about this early. Let's talk about the Detroit Pistons, another uh, team that is pretty low in the standings right now. Um, it was reported by uh, Jake Fisher over at Bleacher Report that the Pistons have made an offer of Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round pick for Ben Simmons. Um, the Sixers were not very excited about that offer, which is not that surprising given where Daryl Morey has apparently been standing since the summer. Lucas, do you think the Sixers should have more interest in that kind of deal? Well, I like the base of the deal, which is Jeremy Graham and Sadiq Bey. I've said this plenty of times on this podcast that if you're going to trade with Detroit, you have to start out with Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey. You want both. Now, Kelly Olenek's interesting, and maybe in a three-team trade, I would be open to having Olenek, but at the same time, you know, you have so much depth at center and power forward already. You don't really need Olenek, and you're adding more with those type of guys too. So Olenek, maybe not. Um, I would take a flyer on one of their point guards, maybe Killian Hayes as a backup, or maybe get uh, Corey Joseph. Uh, that would fill a need. And then you'd have to do more than just one first-round pick. Like, you have to do at least two first-round picks and maybe one pick swap for the Sixers to get interest, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'm kind of in, like, the... Jeremy Grant doesn't do it for me, Camp. I I understand that he's he's pretty good, and uh, he's certainly uh, Jeremy Grant not bad. doesn't make sense if you're going to keep Tobias. Um, but yeah, I I mean that's just I understand that Ben isn't playing right now, and beggars can't be choosers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I don't know. Sadiq Bay is really cool. I think he's going to be quite the NBA player. Kelly Olynyk is like a better player probably than Andre Drummond at this point in their respective careers. Like you'd find ways to play him, but um, I think it, it would be matchup dependent. Like if you need more defense, you throw in Andre, but if you, yeah, need and more you can offense, play Kelly next to Joel, there are things or you can play Kelly next to Andre. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, he, he's a, he's a stretch big, so he can play either one. 
Yeah. Like, this team, this, this certainly would not make... The next question here on the agenda is, like, would the Sixers be better than they are right now? Like, without being... Like, yes, that, that yeah. gives them more depth. It gives them another capable, like, number two, three scorer in Jeremy Grant. Bay can light it up from three every now and then. He can do some stuff off the dribble. He's a good defender. Olenek's a really good player. Um, he's hurt right now. So is Jeremy Grant. Both of those guys are hurt, which is important. Like, they'd be missing pretty significant chunks of this season. But, like, yes, it would it would improve their team. Um, mm-hmm. Is it enough of an improvement to warrant trading Ben? Are there not better deals on that? I would assume there are better deals out there. I, I have to think there are. With all the buzz around Sacramento and what they might be able to offer, like if you're telling me right now, De'Aaron Fox or Jeremy Grant, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox. I, I know like the fit issues and all that. Um, I'm you know like you could flip Fox for something better. Fox Halliburton, those guys just immediately have more interest. Mm-hmm. John Collins, again, we like the other day we're like I'd probably take John Collins over Jeremy Grant. Yeah, so I would probably too. get more yeah. from other teams. And we're going to talk about more Ben. Well, not really Ben Simmons rumors, but it's you know connected to Ben, obviously. Um, according to Mark Stein, NBA reporter of the Stein Line. Um, so according to him, it must be noted that there is enough noise circulating league wide about James Harden reported openness to relocation this summer. So Chris. If James Harden were, were available this summer, would the Sixers fans still be open to having him alongside Joel Embiid? Uh, well, I, I would sure hope so. Um, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be open to having him alongside Joel. Um, we have talked on this podcast quite extensively about how Harden's not really having his best season and how he's struggling and the Nets are always hurt and this really bad, terrible, not good James Harden season, he's averaging 23, 8, and 10. So that's pretty good. I'd like to have that on the team. I, I He's getting better. He's been playing better of late. I, I Still a top 10 player in the league, I think, if you had to like put money on it. So, yes, I, I do think Sixer fans would be quite open to it. I think he's better than Ben Simmons. I am um, if the Sixers do end up keeping Ben past the trade deadline. I'm assuming that's kind of what they're angling towards. Um, like Harden and Joel would, yeah, I mean, Joel would have to make some adjustments. Harden would have to make some adjustments. It's not like a perfect fit, but it's pretty close to perfect. I, I think they'd figured it out. That's a lot. Joel, of Joel would have to learn how to run the pick and roll. Yeah. It, but like Harden would take so much off of Joel's shoulders right now. Like Joel is doing literally everything for the Sixers. We Magic game is a great example where it's just like there are long stretches where Joel is getting zero help. Um, mm-hmm. So Harden can would take quite a load off his shoulders, which would be good for Embiid's like longevity. Frankly, be good game to game. Um, I yes, I'd like James Harden. He's better than any other player we've been talking about trading at the deadline still. So I, I'd be all on board for James Harden coming to Philly. Once in a blue moon, I agree with Chris and there must be a blue moon out right now. I look at Joel tonight. The fact that he had to do almost everything by himself scoring against the Orlando magic is sad. And Tobias Harris for as much money as he makes, he should be that guy to step up and be a reliable second scorer. We know that he's not. We know that he's more of a, a like a third scorer on a team 
Seth Curry was quiet tonight. Maxie was not lighting anything on fire. So to have someone like Harden on this team to pick up the slack when Embiid uh, has such a heavy load on his shoulders, I, I would agree that I, I would want Harden. Even though he's not having the best season, I would want him. Okay, so two things here. One, this trade, this potential trade for Harden probably will not happen during this season. It's not going to happen. They're not going to break up that core until they have to. Which well, yeah, will probably be the, the offseason. is yeah. openness to relocation yeah. in the summer. It's yeah. not happening until free agency. Yeah. So there's that to consider. Trading. Yeah, that to consider. The other thing is uh, going back on Maxi. I mean, he had the third most shot attempts on the team. But really, he should be having the second most by a large margin between him and Harris, too. I don't know why that's not the case. It's because of Doc. Like, it's pretty yep. clear that they're just not using him correctly. They, he's being treated like the fourth option when I agree he should be the number two option. He's too good not to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought I was – so I'm doing a mega trade article, guys, coming out soon about potential trades for Ben Simmons. And as much as I wanted to do a James Harden potential trade for Brooklyn, the money just made it really difficult to pull that off. Um, but I'll say this. If the Sixers do trade for James Harden uh, during this uh, offseason, Tyrese Maxey's off the board. And here's my reason why. One, we don't know how much longer James has. Two, Brooklyn shouldn't want Kyrie because they – I mean, not – uh, Kyrie Maxey because they still have Kyrie who's a score first point guard and then they also have Cam Thomas who's really a score first shooting guard and whose game kind of mirrors Maxey at the shooting guard position to be honest so in, in the respect of high volume shooter um, well I, I mean I think Maxey's good enough to like if you can get him you get him yeah but I, I'm just saying for me from the Sixers perspective I tried to ship off uh, Matisse Leibel before I tried to ship off Maxi. Yeah I mean that's true for like pretty much any trade though. I don't think that's specific to Brooklyn at this point. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well um I guess my other question is here guys why do we think that Harden wouldn't want to stay in Brooklyn? You know I I don't know. Uh I I mean if Brooklyn stumbles out of the playoffs again and they can't quite stay healthy you know maybe that is part of it maybe, maybe some of it is Kyrie being Kyrie <laughs> but I mean just speculation him and Daryl Morey are pretty close and he clearly had a good working relationship with Morey in Houston and as soon as Houston, as Morey left Houston he got he spoiled in Houston by Morey which is fine. Maury's like spoiling Embiid. That's what you do with the great players. So, um, like Harden earned the right to be spoiled if he really likes Daryl Maury and he's not entirely happy with whatever's going on in Brooklyn. I assume Philly would be next up on the list for him. I, I could be wrong. I don't have like the inside information, but it seems like that's the case. If Philadelphia does hold on to Ben Simmons until the summer, it would I don't want to say they like are tampering, but there seems to be some level of confidence that Harden's at least open to it. These reports are coming out for a reason. Generally, there's, you know, there's not smoke without fire. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't count on Harden leaving Brooklyn. If I had to like bet on what was going to happen right now, I'd say he's probably just going to stay put because Brooklyn's a really good team when they're healthy. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie have both been his friends for a while, but 
Um, you know, if it's not Brooklyn, it's probably Philly because well, hey, Chris, of Omori. Hey, Chris, I have the inside information. It's um, called it's called Twitter. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and no, in all seriousness, I look. It's Kyrie. It's like what what Lucas said. Kyrie Irving is a problem, and I know. It's like Stephen A. is the funniest guy. He will go hard at someone and just demolish them. But right? at the same time, he tries to be respectful exactly. of the person. He's yeah. like, however, Kyrie Irving is a showstopper. I mean, he just he plays both sides of the fence for obvious reasons. But I do believe that if I'm a teammate of Kyrie Irving and you have somebody that's not reliable for a variety of reasons and has a track record of not being there when you need them the most in the past, I'd probably say four or five years, I wouldn't want to play with him. So why not play with a guy like Embiid who puts his heart on the line, puts his body on the line, and is in his prime along with working with Daryl Morey again. So I, I don't see why. Like and anybody possibly and, and possibly playing alongside uh, Ty, uh, Tyrese Maxey too. Yeah, too. Um, I will say this about the relationship between James Harden and uh, Kyrie Irving. So James Harden was quoted a couple games back saying, if I have to give him the shot myself, I will. And uh, I think in the Nets' most recent game, after the game in the post-game presser, Kyrie said, um, basically reaffirmed his stance that he's not getting the vaccine no matter what. So Mm. that could be something that Mm. could possibly make a divide between the two all-stars there. Um, Not that Kyrie's going to be an all-star this season. That's not happening, but... And, you know, Stephen, you bring up Stephen A. Smith, and I think Stephen A. Smith is right on the dot when he says this regarding Kyrie. Um, I, he says that he he would pay him the max contract every single year, but he would only pay him for one year because the man has proven to be unreliable when the money's there. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's still all speculation. We're just so far out, so who knows, really? Um mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, like, we wouldn't be talking about this if there wasn't some glimmer of hope that he was willing to leave. Um, again, Brooklyn's really good when they're healthy. They are arguably the favorites to win the championship this season. So I I don't think there's, like, some immense pressure for him to leave and win somewhere else because he can win in Brooklyn. But those guys are all getting older. Those guys have all been pretty significantly hurt in the past year or so. Kyrie is missing half the games this season already. It's not going to change by the playoffs, it doesn't seem. So there are enough – there's enough smoke, you know. Um, Where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and, like, going back to your point about Maxi, I, I agree. Like, it's a sign-and-trade in the free – like – Sixers should Brooklyn, have leverage. Brooklyn would not have the leverage that it normally yeah. would have. But at the same time, like – it's James Harden. I'd be willing to throw pretty much everything at the table that isn't Joel to get him. Um, still, even after this season, with all the concerns about his age and his injury, James Harden's pretty freaking good when he's healthy. So you probably could get away with like Ben and maybe like Matisse in a, a pick or two. But I mean, if they ask for Seth Curry, I'm throwing in a Seth Curry. I don't Curry. know if Maxie's off the table, off the table, if it comes to a guy like Harden. You know what I mean? You got to send me more than just Harden. Then, if you're giving me, if I'm put throwing in Maxi into that deal, give me something, something else. Doesn't give me Javon Carter. Just give me somebody else. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, look, 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears here on my own. Oh, okay. No. And I'm going to add something because you brought up an interesting concept here. And Chris, I know how you feel about this player. Lucas, you opened my eyes in terms of where your stance is right now. So I'm not going to say who this player is. However, I'm going to give you five NBA All-Stars. And I'm going to give you the shooting percentage that these players have shot against one of our Sixers. And we'll figure out. You probably know who it is. But Jason Tatum against this one Sixer, 5 for 15, 33%. Steph Curry, 5 for 20, 25% against this player on the Sixers. Kevin Durant, 8 for 17, 47% against this one player, one-on-one for the Sixers. Zach Levine, 3 for 12 25% 25% against this one player on the Sixers. And James Harden, check this out, one for nine when matched up against this one player. And that player is Matisse Thybulle. Mm-hmm. Lucas, you said earlier that let's throw in Matisse. He's tradable. Chris, I know how you feel about Matisse. He's expendable. After those numbers, do you still think that he is – He's tradable. You think that he should just be packaged in with a Ben deal? Well, yeah. no, 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 no. You do, you do, you do, you don't. Than Tyrese Maxey, I didn't say yeah. throw him in anywhere. No, no, I wouldn't throw him in for like De'Aaron Fox. I know that's what Sacramento wants, but you no, know, no, I wouldn't do that. I would do it for like a two way, like Jalen Brown. Sure, yeah, I'll do that. James Harden, sure, I'll do that. Like it has to be a like a perennial all-star talent for me. Like I, I'm at the point now, for example, Damian Lillard, if you asked me before the season, I say, heck yes. Now during the season with his injury problems, the fact that he looks a little bit slower and the fact that he's a small guard, he's 31 years old. And you asked me, do I throw in Matisse Thibel with that? I don't know if I do now. So that's, you know, Bradley Beal would be another player that I would be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. I'm not saying that I would trade him for any O Schmo. I have to break the news to both of you guys, okay? You got to figure it like this. Ben is gone no matter what. He's yeah. gone. So your best perimeter, perimeter – uh, can't talk. The best perimeter defender for the Sixers is gone. Danny Green is old. He can't guard his shadow. Charlie Brown Jr., come on, give me a break. You're going to trade your best wing defender, probably the best defender on the planet that could probably in 40 minutes average three steals and three blocks if he really wanted to. You're going to give him up just to get a guy in here who's like 34 years old and just to get James Harden. Yes. Um, It's not a guy. It's not like any old 34. It's James Harden. Good luck stopping any the best. uh, The best. Would you do it for Jalen Brown? Would you do it for Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown's a good defender. Maybe. It, it, it depends who else we get in return. If we get someone else in return to Jalen Brown, then maybe. Well, obviously try to make subsequent moves to get another like athletic wing defender. I'm not, but like at the end of the day, if you have to trade in Thibault's defense to put James Harden next to Joel Embiid on offense, you, you take it. I think that's a pretty reasonable trade-off. The defense suffers, but it's James Harden, you know. You there are trade offs with every trade, but not uh, not not on, not only. I mean, yeah, he's a great scorer, Chris. But not only is his age up there, but he's starting to pile up a list of injuries that kind of make him unreliable. And I, I, just I get don't it. Trust and it. look, I don't trust. It, it could backfire. That's a total possibility. But you have to take risks. It's like goes back to the Kawhi thing in Toronto. The guy stayed there for one year. 
He has an injury history. He was coming off a knee injury. But when it comes to the elite, elite players, if you can get one, you gotta, you gotta take. Kawhi the, was like six years Toronto. younger. Kawhi was like Toronto six years got younger. Extremely lucky on several different occasions. Lucky against us in Game Seven. But wait, okay, not only against... was he younger than Harden, every championship he sat almost a whole enough. year to rest whatever injury he had. So this, this is a bad comparison. It's a bad comparison. It's not. He was six years younger than Harden is now when he He went to Toronto. He was also on the last year of his contract. Harden will probably be signing a new contract. So you're not, like, losing him in the summer. You know what I mean? I'm just talking about durability, Chris. I'm talking about durability and dependability. I mean, to be fair, Uriah, until the, like, last two seasons, which have been condensed because of COVID, James Harden has proven to be very durable. I'm not saying there's like a 100% chance of success. You could trade for him and never win. You could trade for him and he blows out his knee and his career is over. That's a possibility. But the odds of winning with James Harden are much higher than the odds of winning with Tyrese Halliburton and Matisse Thibel. Like, that's just what it is. I, I know there's risk. There's risk involved in every move possible. Um, but, you know... Harden is still James Harden, and I, I think you, if you had to, you'd give up Matisse to get him. I, I just don't think Lucas is that Matisse, how you who feel. Is one of the worst offensive players in the NBA. The defense is great, uh, but I, I saw a stat today. Offensive players. I saw a stat today. He's like eighty-five percent within. I don't know two, three feet of the basket this season. Not that uh, I'll, deal, but... I'll say this. Um, there are very few players in the NBA that I would combine Matt, uh, Simmons and Matisse for, um, probably less than 10 uh, that are on the trade market right now, or so probably mm-hmm. if we're talking about players that could possibly be on or are on the trade market within the next year or so, there's probably only like five that I would trade them for. And I would say right now, if you had the, if Brooklyn comes up, We'll trade you Ben for, uh, you know, we'll do a sign and trade for James Harden and Ben. But the only way you get it is if you give me either Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel. I'm going to give you Matisse Thibel every time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That would be tough to swallow, but yeah, I guess. Like, like, like if you want to get, you're right. The, the, I think you're missing the point of this, the, the whole entire point of trading Matisse Thibel. You're not doing it willingly. You're doing it because the other team wants more than just Ben or just Ben and draft picks. You have to attach a young asset to it. And the Sixers' two best young assets are Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel. We've already established that Maxey's the better product and the Sixers should try to keep him more than they should try to keep Thibel, right? So if a team that has an established MVP caliber player and James Harden comes up and say, we'll give you James Harden for Ben, but you have to choose between Maxey and Thibel of who you're going to send to us. Are you going to send Maxi or are you going to send Thibel, Uriah? Look, man, I'm looking at James Harden right now. Uh, uh, back 2019, right? 2019, mm-hmm. 24 points a game, 24.6. 2020, 20, 21, 24.8. This year, 22.7. There's a pattern developing, and the pattern is trending. The pattern down. is that he's playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving now. Oh, really? So forty-one percent from from the field, not even three-point land from the field. I, okay, I, okay, okay. You're right. Here's the other. Here, here's the other thing. A worse season than he has had in recent history, but yeah. he's also averaging 
Still 10 assists the game. It's not like he's having a bad season. He's going to be the all-star team. He's mm-hmm. top 10 probably in the MVP race still, and it's a bad James Harden season. I'll say this. I'll say this. First off, a lot of players are struggling to shoot new balls. Okay, so I don't – even Duncan Robinson's struggling. Okay, so I don't – anybody that struggles shooting the ball this year after being becoming like a known shooter for most of their career – I'm not putting much weight into that this season because people are adjusting to the new ball. The other thing is that James Harden didn't get to work out this offseason. He literally came into the training camp, and that was his first time really getting a chance to get into basketball shape because of that hip. Was it a hip or the calf? It was a calf calf injury, right? Um, So, yeah, he's working his way back. He's struggling. He's clearly – it's harder for him to get himself into game shape right now. And I would think with a healthy offseason, he could get himself back into physical shape, which will improve his game and get used to the new ball, which will help him with the shooting. Okay, that's 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 the way I see it. I just think if 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 Maury is is who we all think he is, he'll be able to land James Harden without giving up Maxi or Thibel. Bring I mean, they, another, he might third team. That's all I'm saying. He could, but he I know might. you guys are saying if it took Thibel or Max, you would give Thibel. Yeah. I understand your opinion. I respect it, but I just see Harden on the decline, and I, I it would be exciting. And then I just don't. Well, that's it. why you keep Maxi because Maxi would be on the incline, right? Because right. then Maxi could just take over that role for Harden. That's my thought process behind it. That's why you hold on to Maxi. And yeah. then Harden could become a glorified secondary ball handler slash, you know, shooter or whatever. But, yeah. All right. I think on that note, guys, I think we can go ahead and, uh, Chris, you can play us out, man. All right. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the Sixers Sense Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen and read our written work on our website, thesixersense.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. So until next week, thanks everyone. And we will, we will see you soon. Go Sixers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.